Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. If you don't know who I am, and I won't blame you, it's because I haven't been around. Um, I have been in South Africa for the last five, I think six, maybe seven weeks. Um, and we as a, as a movement have a school called the Every Nation Ministry School and it's where they equipped, uh, equip us to be effective and fruitful in ministry. And so for the last, maybe from March we started, but for the last seven weeks I was in Pretoria or Twane um, with another, other students and we were busy being equipped to be effective wherever we go. And the reason we do it is not for me, but it's for you. The reason I left for five weeks, left my wife behind, is not so much for me, but it's to make me a better leader and lead, to lead us better. It's to be more effective, to be more fruitful in what we do. And if you joined us for the very first time this morning, we're a church that exists to honor God and make disciples. It's why we exist. It's what we do. If you, if you remove our name from us, every nation, why do we exist? To honor God and make disciples. If you remove us from this church, your values or what you should be lived by is to honor God and make disciples. That is what we do. So before we start, I had this picture while Papa Silas was talking. Actually, he said a word fire and I was thinking of the word fire. A fire never burns for itself. It always burns either to bry something, to bring light to something, to bring heat for something. It never burns for itself. And in the same way, Christ's fire in, in us is never for us. It's always for someone else. And I want you to just take that um, as a word this morning. That our fire, if Christ is burning in you, it's never for you and it will be never for you. It's always for someone else. Then secondly, while I was preparing for this message... Pastor Chris preached a powerful message last week. I really battled to put this message together because, man, he said everything. Everything we learned. So I went for five weeks to, to learn about church planting, and everything Pastor Chris said is what we learned about. Just in a lot more detail, but how do you come in and follow up on a message like that? But what I wanted to, what I also sense for us as a church is just God is, is calling us to, to influence this nation, but He's also. He's not calling us to be low-caliber leaders, like low-level leaders. He's calling us to have high-level leaders. And there is some of you. I know he, Pastor Chris said that we don't need to leave our jobs, but there will be some of us being called into full-time ministry. It is inevitable. There is no way we impact the nation without more people actually becoming full-time. There is, there, is a, there is a space for that. It has to be there. There's no other way. There's no other way. And I want to just... Uh, say this to us, we will not be people and leaders that are low level. We'll not look down on people in full-time ministry, but actually we'll honor them for the position that they're in. And the, honor, and the honor is due, where the honor is due. So Pastor Chris spoke about four points. And then we're going to continue on those points. So Pastor Chris spoke about church planting being the most effective way of evangelism. It's absolutely true. Do you know why is it the most effective way? Because if you go and plant, you'd have no congregation without evangelizing. So you're forced. Secondly, he said, the church plant raises more leaders. May we be a church that sends our best. 
Maybe a church that sends our best. Thirdly, spoke church plants influence cities. A church plant can literally change a city. Therefore, we will not just have Dorado, but we'll have other congregations in the city so that we can influence. It's strategic. Fourthly, he says, church plant fosters maturity. Church plant fosters maturity. Who of you have started your own business? Literally from scratch. It's quite a job. Who of you know it's quite, it's quite demanding? Now, when we were learning about church planting, the, the characteristics of someone who can start their own business is literally the characteristics that they give for church planters. It's what you need to be able to do. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite an interesting thing. But let's continue. So, um, Pastor Chris said the missional call is a personal call. I love that statement. The missional call is a personal call. And then lastly, he said we are planting churches to establish a stronghold in the city. We are not planting churches to get more people from other churches. It's not what we do. And it's never what we'll do. We never go into Ventuk East as we're planning, planning to plant Ventuk East. We'll never go there to go and take other churches' people. We'll never do that. It's not what we do. We go and establish something. And the moment there is one person lost in a neighborhood, we have a reason to plant. Only one. Then we have a reason to plant a church. But when you, when, when last week when Pastor Chris said church planting, who have you thought of a Sunday service? Who of you, when you hear church planting, you think Sunday service? Any of you? So if you hear church planting, you think it's a Sunday service. Who of you thought when you hear church planting, you thought about yourself? <laughs> no one. If you have thought church planting is a Sunday service, it's, a, it's biblically incorrect. Church plant, a Sunday service is a result of what we do. It's never the main thing. We make disciples, therefore we have a Sunday service. We never plant a Sunday service and then have disciples. Because then where did we get them? From other churches. So we plant churches that makes disciples... And the result of that is a Sunday service. How did Dorado get planted? Pastor Carol and Pastor Andrew were making disciples on campus. And it just overflowed into the community. And a church came. So a Sunday service is a result of what we do. It's never the main thing. And so this, here's the biggest surprise when it comes to church planting. God is going to use you and me. There's no other way. Somehow I feel like when we use the word church planting, it's like this distant concept. Like somewhere out there, someone is going to do it, and it just doesn't involve me. <laughs> so imagine we plant, for example, we plant Ventuk East and we go there, and we take, this is just an example, it's not what's going to happen, but we take 80 of you. Who's going to fill the seats again? It's still going to involve you, either way. Whether you're going or staying, somehow you're going to play a role in a church plant. But I want to start with this this morning, the first slide. Churches must not begin with methods or mission, but with the heart of God. 
We never start with method or mission. One thing I learned in my time away, why don't we have a global vision? Because we don't build around vision, we build around values. It's because we value certain things, therefore we do certain things. Not because we have a vision, not because we have a mission, but because we have values. Therefore we have certain things. So therefore if we're a church that will plant churches, we don't start with our mission at first. We don't start with um, methods, but we start with the heart of God. And that's what we want to explore this morning. What is the heart of God when it comes to church planting? And that the heart of God should also be our heart if we are created in His image. Okay, so our main text, John 20 verse 21 says, As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. So Jesus is telling His disciples the following words, As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. So the question is to be asked, why did Jesus, uh, why did God, why did the Father send Jesus? And why is Jesus, just go back, why is Jesus sending us? So why did God send Jesus? And why is Jesus sending us? Because it says, as the Father has sent me, even so, in the same way, for the same purpose, for the same reason, for the same end goal, I am sending you that's what i'm god is sending us and there is no church that will be planted there's no community that will be influenced if we are not sent it's no church will not plant a church will not influence a community you'll not influence your workspace you'll not influence your family if we don't if we are not sent by jesus so what I want us to note here is that there's a call here. I have sent you and I'm sending you. There's a general call. So I want you to understand there's a general call when it comes to God and there's a specific call. And your, gen your specific call can never triumph your general call. This call is a call to who? To everybody that's a disciple. We cannot box it in. We cannot limit it. We cannot put a definition to these words to say, Dear Jesus was only speaking to this group of people. He wasn't. He was speaking to every single person here today that calls himself a disciple. So what is your specific call? You're a quantity surveyor. You're a full-time minister. You're a banker. You're an accountant. You're a barista. You're a security guard. You're a teller. You're a lawyer. That is your specific call. What's your general call? Jesus has sent you to make disciples. Those two can never be mixed up. It can never. You're, you're, you're first and foremost a disciple maker before you are an accountant. Before you're a lawyer, before you're a businessman, you're a disciple of Jesus. And so the General call is very, very important in this case. Because it's often that we put the other call on top of the other call. One thing I, I was laughing about, especially when it comes to callings, we have this tendency to say, I'm busy. And one of the guys on the other side, when we were learning, he was, preach, uh, he was teaching us, and he says, he says this, if someone uh, tells me they're busy, ask him, it's great. When does your busy season end? If the person has no ending, they're not busy. They have a lifestyle. They have a lifestyle of being busy. 
They're not in a season of busyness. They have a lifestyle of being busy. So there's always busyness. So it was just interesting to see that our general call is always the most important call. It is what we do, first and foremost as Christians. And maybe you said, you can say to yourself, but Phil, you're in full-time ministry. I don't get paid to make disciples. If the church ever gives me money to make disciples, please let them fire me. Never. They must never give us money to make disciples because it's what we do. Planting churches, different story, being the lead planter. But making disciples, it is what we do and it's what you do. And God has such a call to influence this city and beyond through us. And I think so many times we underestimate what God can do through us. I know we hear this big word church planting and don't let it bluff you. It's a simple word making, make disciples. It's all that it says. Just reach one person and that will end in a church plant. But God has placed us in different spheres of influence to do something for Him. And He's so capable of doing it through you. So let's look at why. Why did God send Jesus? So we all have this call to go out and make disciples. We all have this general call, honoring God, loving God. It's not for specific people. It's for all of us, making disciples. But why? Here's the first reason. My goodness, my slides went corrupt. So open your Bibles at 1 Timothy 2 verse 4 to 6 because the screen won't work for us. Um, 1, 1 Timothy 2 verse 4 to 6. 1 Timothy 2, verse 4 to 6. Why did God send Jesus? 1 Timothy 2, verse 4 to 6. And then you can, if you're on your phone, it will be impossible. But if you have a Bible, you can just put your finger as well as at Ezekiel 18, verse 23. Ezekiel 18, verse 23. Okay, so it says... Why did God send Jesus? This is the reason. God desires all people be, to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. That's the reason. It's part of the heartbeat. Why did God send Jesus? Because God values every single person. And God has a desire. This is what He has. He has a wish. He has a, his, his, the, the intention, the original design was that not one person will be lost. So God has this desire that every single person should be saved, that every single person should live healthy, that every single person should live in their purpose, that every single person that commit crime should stop. That's the purpose, that every single marriage should be fulfilled, be, be healthy and living in its purpose. So God sends His Son Jesus because He has this desire. He has this delight. There's this delight in God when people get saved because it takes Him back to His original purpose. So when people get saved, I think it's as if God rejoices and says, that was actually my plan, is that everybody lives in a relationship like that with me. So God has this desire that every single person will be saved all kinds of people, all time, kinds of cultures, all kinds of, of uh, skin colors, all kinds of people, whether it's murderers, whether it's injustice, whether it's ministers, whether it's just somebody anywhere, but God has a desire 
that every single person is getting can get saved. So therefore, God sends His Son into the world so that we can get saved because, Ezekiel 18.23, God asked us, Do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked? Is it fun for me? Is there a delight in me when I see people perish and they didn't know me? But it says, that, uh, it says but would I not prefer him to turn away from their wicked ways and live. Do I not prefer this? Do I not prefer that someone turns around and follows me? God takes no pleasure in the wicked. God takes no pleasure in the wicked and therefore God uses the church to reach the wicked. To reach the person who lies, who steals, commits sexual immorality. So God uses us to do this. And there is no way we can plant fruitful and effective churches in communities if we do not value what God values. There's no way. There's no way we can change Ventuk if we don't catch this. There's no way. There's no way we can see a community change if we do not value the lost safe. There's no way we can plant churches if we have not a value on lives being touched, lives being transformed, families being restored. That's a hard. Why do we go into communities? Those broken families. There's broken people. There are people who are missing the purpose of God. Therefore we go. So the moment we can be effective and fruitful in Vintuk, in changing this nation and beyond, is the moment we start valuing what God values. And that's people who do not know Him. That we should start rejoicing in people coming home and coming to know Him. What do you value? Just look at the last week and where you spend your time. It's where your values are. Look at your prayer life. What do you value in your prayer life? The last week that you pray for someone who don't know Jesus, it determines your values. That you pray for a nation, it talks about our values. What do we value? What do you keep? Where do you spend your time? With who do you spend your time? Because that determines the heartbeat of what we do. That determines, I am so convinced that if we can grasp this, yes, so Namibia is in our reach. Oh my goodness, it's there. It's there for the taking. I feel like this nation is, is open for us to take and claim back what God has placed us here for in the first place. He has come and He has called us to value what He values. So why is Jesus sending us? Second point. This is so simple that if you do it tomorrow, your life changes. Secondly, why did Jesus send us? And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. We see the why of Jesus in the reason he called us. So Jesus calls us for three things. To follow him, to fish for people, and we do that all in community. This is church planting and this will always be the church. The church can never exist without people following Jesus. 
The church can never continue on existing without reaching new people. And the church can never be strengthened without coming together. It is crucial in church plan. It is crucial as a church. But we need to go further and ask very direct questions this morning. Who is calling us? Jesus. Who is Jesus? The sovereign God. The Lord of Lords. The King of Kings. The Creator on heaven and earth. He says, and I will make you fishes of men. If we are not fishing for men, here's the two questions. Either Jesus is incapable or we're not following Him. It's one of the two. If we're not fishing for people, either we're saying, just Jesus who said He'll make me a fisher of men is unable to do what He said He'll do, or we're not following Him. Because this is not a suggestion. This was a promise. This was something to be claimed. If you like promises in the Bible, this was one. Don't skip it. I will make you a fisher of men. And this is the thing you could be saying, but I have insecurities. I have gaps. I'm, I'm uncertain on how to start. That's great. That's why we have trainings. You know, one day we're going to stand before God. I think it's going to be like this. And He's going to say, why didn't you make disciples? The church never trained us. No, you never went to the training. They had the opportunities. They created. They tried to be better year after year. They try to be sharper. So God, as this is the two questions that I want us to sit with and ask ourselves. Is Jesus incapable of making us fisher of men? Or should we question whether we're following him? Pastor Chris used a, 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 a much stronger statement last, last week when he said uh, of Charles Spurgeon. If you don't desire people to be saved... You're not saved yourself. If you have no desire to see the heart of God, all men being saved, if, 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 the wicked, if, it, if it doesn't bother you physically, literally, I'm not talking out there spiritually, in your being, that the wicked is perishing, man, we've got to question what we do. We've got to question our time with Jesus. We cannot be on fire. We cannot say we're burning for Jesus, but we're lighting no one up. There's no way. There's no way. You know why the reason Lincoln is sitting here, or he sat here this morning? <laughs> it's because we met in a taxi. And I reached out to him, and other people reached out to him in this building. And he's sitting here, growing in maturity. And I don't feed him every day. He's self-sustaining. He can do it himself. Why am I standing here? Because someone left to reach me. Why is Tian in Okanya? Because the same person left and reached him. And the other guy that I'm reaching, I don't see him here, but why will he be sitting here maybe in the 10.30 or 6 p.m. service? Because somewhere down the line, I, I reached out. So how do you measure a win? How do you measure a win? Timothy speaks about this. He says, Pastor Chris alluded to it last week. He says, what I've entrusted, entrust to faithful men when they can entrust. So how do you know when we're winning in church planting? How do we know we'll be winning in church planting? It's when you have a disciple and you can point to someone they're discipling. That's a win. That's a win. Jesus sent, God sends the Father. The Father sends Jesus and Jesus sends us. It never ended somewhere. 
it always. And now we're sending others. We're sending others. And we're sending others. And we're sending others. And the first point is literally, when I said Jesus is incapable, is impossible. So it literally leaves you to one thing. Am I following? Or am I just enjoying? And that's why I want to emphasize that that Sunday service plays its role, but it's not the ultimate thing. What matters is what we decide tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday and Saturday. That's when it matters. Then we come together and that's the result of what we do. We come together again, Lord, I thank you. I can't go without this. It's impossible. Even being in, in Pretoria for five weeks, we, I went, we, went, we had to go to church every Sunday, but I wouldn't be able to manage without it because there's a strengthening that comes among believers. But if we want to plant healthy churches and effective churches, we need to follow Jesus. We need to fish for people and we need to live in community. And here's what I don't want you to do. Don't make it too big. Don't make it bigger than it seems. Reaching someone, don't make it bigger than it seems. I know some of us are scared. But don't make it bigger than it seems. And secondly, maybe let me touch on if you feel like you're busy. Before I was in ministry, I also worked. My work never determined my discipleship. I worked a job that started at 7, ended at 6. I still had time for discipleship. Yes, I had the single advantage. But discipleship is part of what we do. It's part of our following of Jesus. So we believe that making disciples is the direct outflow of our love for Jesus. We are willing to put everything behind because of our love for Jesus. We're willing to plant churches effectively and fruitfully because it's for Jesus. It's our outflow. We just cannot contain it. God, you have this heart. You saved me. Therefore, I want to see others saved and discipled into maturity. So how on earth will we do this? How will we do this? Abraham gives us probably the best principles on how to change Vintuk. If you want to see Vintuk change, here's two steps. Two steps to changing Vintuk. And Abraham is, is quite a picture of Jesus as well. So this is exactly what Jesus also did. Genesis 12 verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I'll show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that, very important words, so that you will be blessed. No, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Two principles for changing. Two principles for changing lives, changing your sphere of influence, is you need to go and you need to live beyond yourself. You need to leave. There's no way I could come back and have an impact in Vintuk if I stayed in Twane. No way. There's no way beauty, beauty is leaving for the Netherlands. There's no way beauty can leave without leaving 
um, knowing the impact that she'll have there. First, you've got to leave. Then, and you know what's incredible about this verse is that um, God said to him, I will show you. He didn't even give him the end picture. And God will not give you the end picture. That's it. If you're praying for it, stop. Just go. Lord, give me the person. No, just go. Go to anybody that you see. Lord, I, um, I don't know if I should join this church plan. No, the commission is given. Just go. <laughs> just go. He said, go. I, I spent two years in Lesotho. You know how many times I prayed about going to Lesotho? <laughs> Not once. <laughs> I was commissioned. The leader said, we got to go to Lesotho. I said, here I am. Send me. And I left. I left my work. And I left. I left to go. And here I am still going. But now I'm staying. Ventuk is great. <laughs> Namibia is amazing. This is, a, this is a lovely place. I understand if you don't want to leave because this place is blessed. <laughs> this place is blessed. I really wondered why we're struggling to send some of the people. But I have noticed <laughs> that this place is amazing. And especially there's this meat market just here <laughs> behind me. I love that place. And... Anyway, so how do, we, how, do we, how, do we, how do we plant healthy churches? How do we influence where you're at? It's simply by going and living beyond yourself. Why do we go? Because we're mindful of those who are not with us. And the moment we're no longer mindful of those who are not here with us is the moment that we need to know we have lost the heart of God. The moment you're not thinking about the empty chair next to you is the moment you've lost the heartbeat. You're not valuing what God is valuing. And all I want to impart to you this morning is a value. It's a simple value that there's people out there that are missing heaven. And we have the ability to change that. We have the power, the Christ in us. He says, I can, I can do more things through you than you can imagine. Just allow me. Just go. And you need to live beyond yourself you see God says I will bless you you'll be blessed he'll make your name great do you want a great name do you want a blessing live for someone else's blessing do you want to be remembered live for someone else great names come when we live for someone else so that you will be a blessing man that is powerful so how do we change we need to leave and you currently need to leave whatever behind. It's comfort. It could be comfort. It could even be your marriage. And we have a way of idolizing things. It could be, it could be your lunch times. You spend it there. Now you've got to spend it here. Maybe you're going to move neighborhoods. We'll make a call. You can go with us to Ventuk East. Move. It's going to mean, it's going to mean you're leaving this seat. This, this people... This comfort, and you're going to move with a few of us. And it's going to be raggy because we don't have all these instruments. We're not going to have the worship they have here. But what are we going to do? We're going to touch lives. We're going to change people's lives. We're going to change this community. I'm convinced to say that if we catch the heart of God, so imagine the heart of God is seeing every person saved. If we catch that, and we live beyond ourselves and go. Give us 90 days. And we have Ventuk. Three months. We have it. 
if every single one of us here, and the second, and we'll need the third service as well, take the heart of God, live beyond themselves to see other people touched, he says, give us three months. Give us literally three months, and it'll be changed. So I, before I close, I want to read one more thing. If the overarching story of the Bible is how God saves His people, when we fail to make disciples, we fail to join God on His mission of redeeming His people. I personally think that that is what the enemy wants. He puts any other primary focus in front of us than making a disciple. Here's the enemy's strategy. We're going north. All he wants to do is put us one degree off. One degree. And we're doomed. So we need to keep the main thing, the main thing. And if the overarching story of the Bible is the redemption of God towards His people, who are we to change that? Who are we to put something else? Who are we to put our jobs there? Who are we to put preaching there? Who are we? Who are we to put counseling there? Who are we to put these things up there? Putting it primary. You know, for those of you who love the pastoral, there's no pastoral without apostolic. There's no one to feed if we're not going. There's no one to teach if we're not reaching. There's no one to preach to if we're not going. There's no one. So the moment we have an apostolic thinking, apostolic thinking meaning is you're thinking beyond yourself. We're thinking of those who are not there. And I want you to imagine this. Just get this into your head. And I, I pray to God that it sinks into your heart. But imagine every single one of us valuing what God values. Every single one of us valuing lost people being saved, lives being transformed, marriages being restored, corruption ending, crime stopping, raping ending. Imagine if all of us just value the, the lost being saved, not just the gospel being shared. Somehow I've come to a conviction that we don't share the gospel, we preach the gospel. We don't share stuff, we preach things. We proclaim the gospel because it's the power unto salvation for those who do not believe. So imagine that. Imagine your life. Just, just dream for a moment. What will it look like if you're able to live beyond yourself? Imagine the people you would love to touch. Imagine the families, the relationship, the marriages, the ministers, the presidents, the lawyers, whoever, the, the, the security guards that tell us that you would love to have seated next to you. To fill our building, never. But to worship the one and true God. To worship. Imagine that. Imagine the impact of what we'll have when we just take one step out of what we where we are currently and step into what God wants with us. Just imagine that. Imagine this nation. Imagine beyond this nation what it will look like. Man, imagine if corruption stopped tomorrow. It's as if poverty will be almost solved. All that money just wasted. But there's people. It's not the money. Don't go to the, to the, to the, like the, the symptoms. Go to the root cause. The root cause of everything. Sometimes we try to go to courses and, and things that deals with the symptoms. The root cause is people are not in right standing with God. Therefore, teach them the principles. Teach them whatever. They'll never keep it because there's a fundamental issue. 
and it's their hearts are not in line with God. Their, their, their motive is never the honor of God. So why do we want to plant churches? Because we want to see this nation transformed. We want to see the nation transformed. We want to see the city transformed. Why did we go to Zambia? Because we want to see Zambia transformed. Why will we continue on going to help Zambia plant? Because we want to see Zambia transformed. But just imagine it. We just live for the next person. Just, just imagine your life. What will it look like if you left, lived for the next person? And we always need to let go of what keeps us from living for the next person. But more importantly, we always need to let go of what keeps us from living for Christ. Let us stand. Thank you, Lord. So let's just close our eyes. Lord, I... I just want to thank you, Lord, for your heartbeat, Lord. Father, and, and you know our, our flaws, God. You know our battles, God. You know we, our insecurities, God. But, Lord, you're able to say that I'll do more than you can think or imagine. If you just let me. And, God, I pray this morning that you deposit a value in us, Lord. The same value have you have for the lost people, Lord. And put it in us, God. Help us to understand it's the reason we plant churches, God. It's because we want to see lost people saved, Lord. We are mindful of those who are currently not here with us, Lord. And someone down the line was mindful of us, God. Inviting us, reaching out to us, praying behind the scenes for us. God, help us to do the same. God, I pray that we repent this morning, God. I repent, Lord, where I lived for myself, God. I lived for my purposes. I lived for my comforts. I lived for me, Lord, my sinful ways, God. And I never lived for you the same way you lived for me, Lord. You never walked this earth by thinking about yourself. You thought about us here this morning, God. You never died on the cross to please and, and glorify yourself, God. You died on the cross, God, because you were mindful of us, Lord. And Father, I pray that we will make do the same. So we may love you, the Lord our God, with all our hearts, all our minds, all our strength. And we may love our neighbors. We may love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So God, I just pray that you deposit that value into us this morning in our spirit. God, that value, our lost people value, God. And the reason we make disciples, it's a direct outflow of our love for you, Lord. We love you. We love you, Lord. Help us, God. Help us in our weakness, God. I know some of us are struggling, God. I know some of us have a great passion. We want to see Vintage change, but we're uncertain of what the first step is. Help us. Help us tomorrow morning, Lord. Help us when we go to work. Help us when we go to restaurants. Help us when we go to the shops, God, to take a step, God, of faith in reaching people. Help us to have more stories of lives transformed than anything else in this church, God. People turning from wickedness to, to salvation. That's what we want to hear here, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for restoration that you're doing in us, God, and in this nation, Lord. And God, just what a privilege is it to be part of it. What a privilege is it to be part of your plan, part of your purpose. But God, just the mere fact that, that broken people like us, God, you're giving us a responsibility to go and reach others. 
unthinkable, Lord, but it's what you do. So thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I bless, and God, I pray for those hearts that you've touched. God, and I pray that this fire will burn to burn others, to light others up. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.